Can you believe 2024 dared to start on a Monday? Now, if you're riding the roller coaster between excitement and a bit of meh, I'm here to help you rock 2024 on your terms. Come hang with me at Goal Getter, a 2024 goal setting and planning workshop where we'll figure out how to make 2024 your absolute best. At this 90-minute virtual party, you'll set some goals that actually make sense, cook up a personalized action plan, no generic stuff here, score exclusive digital planning tools and templates that you'll actually use, join a cool community to boost your squad, and get on-the-spot feedback on your goals. Don't snooze on this. Let's kickstart your 2024 together. Check out the show notes for more information on how to snag your ticket. See you there. Welcome to the Done on Sunday podcast, a self-improvement podcast that's all about making your Sundays count. I'm your host, Tiffany Lewis, founder of Propel Virtual Solutions, a digital marketing company, home of the coffee shop, and Taylor and Jesse, a stationery company. In this show, we dive into a mix of topics that matter from entrepreneurship and relationships to self-care and all the latest pop culture trends. Think of this as your weekly chat with your BFF, who's got your back on your journey to self-improvement. So grab your favorite beverage, relax, and get ready to make the most of your Sundays with Done on Sunday. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, we have made it to another Ask Me Anything episode. And before I kick things off, I want to send a huge thank you to those of you who have taken the time to send me questions every single month. The questions are literally so, so good. And it is very hard to choose just a few to answer, but I really want you all to know that I truly, truly appreciate it. All right, so let's get into it. I love these questions, by the way, for today. So the first question was, I have listened to a few of your last episodes, and I want to know how did you start loving yourself? Now, at first thought, I was like, ooh, this is such a loaded question, Um, but it's a really good question nonetheless. So the simple answer here is this process of self-love has truly been a journey, one filled with self-discovery, faith, and at times, and probably a lot of the time, (laughs) a little bit of angst and pain. And the long answer or the more complex answer is that I honestly feel like I've gone through stages of celebrating, loving, and taking unapologetic care of myself. So for a little bit of context, I grew up as an only child. My mother was the oldest of five, and I was the first grandchild on her side of the family. So some people might categorize my childhood as a result of all that as spoiled, (laughs) Uh, You might be right, but hey, it is what it is. And despite my mother being a young single mom, I literally lacked nothing. I was blessed to attend private school from preschool through high school. We lived in a single family home across the street from my grandparents. And so when you hear that saying, it takes a village to raise a child, it really did for me. Like my whole family, my my grandparents, my mom, obviously, um, but all of her siblings were heavily involved in my upbringing, and they made sure that I, I lacked nothing. And so I was literally cherished by my family, 
And I was taught at an early age that I deserved all the good things. Now, fast forward to adult years and young adult years, I sought after a life that could offer what my childhood had given me. I started my teaching career right out of college. I bought my first house at 24. I got married at 26 and I started a family at 27. So it was kind of like fast tracked. And I really just always had this mentality that, you know, I deserve good things. I can have the life of my dreams. I can do whatever I want. But in spite of all of that, there were many moments that I felt like I didn't deserve all the good things or like I needed to work harder to prove that I deserved the life that I lived. And so that was just my own mind, like, and probably a lot of society just playing into my identity, who I was growing and shaping into be as a woman, as a black woman. And those those stories that society was telling started to play a role into how I viewed myself, how I viewed my worth, and how I viewed just living life, right? Like, uh, do I really deserve these things? Or do I need to prove what do I need to prove to society that, you know, I can live the life that I'm living? And so it honestly wasn't until I got to a point where I was able to kind of release all of that trauma, thank you, therapy, (laughs) that I really started loving myself unapologetically. So, and it's just such a weird phenomenon how childhood me versus like young adult and adult me has such a shift, but I honestly think it's just because of society, right? Like, Growing up, I, you know, I, I wasn't watching the news <laughs> and I didn't really understand like the societal pressures and things like that. Um, I was kind of a little jaded probably from all of those things or sheltered maybe is the correct term from all of those things. And it wasn't really until, you know, I, I went to, to college or maybe got in high school and then went to college that I under, started to understand like all of the, the viewpoints and negative and positive viewpoints that society places on on women and on black women and on uh, people from single family homes. And it was just kind of like getting into my head. And so I think that that shift started and I started to kind of uh, take a toll on my own like viewpoints of myself, um, which led to some of those, you know, traumatic moments and why I needed therapy in the first place. And, you know, through therapy though, I was able to become more self-aware. I was able to recognize and name triggers, specifically triggers for emotions like procrastination or comparison um, and depression and anxiety. And I was able to discover the things on the flip side of that that brought me joy, things that evoked positive emotions. And then I was able to make a plan with my therapist to create space in my day for those things that brought me joy. And I, you know, learned throughout my therapeutic process and journey that exercise moments every day to myself, releasing my emotions, mostly through journaling and prayer were things that I needed to help guide me on my self-love journey. And so knowing that it's a journey one, I think is the first step to like discovering self-love. But I I also think that like becoming self-aware, whether you need the help of a therapist to do that, or you can you know, become self-aware on your own. I think that's a huge part in just learning who you are, 
um, being true to your identity or discovering your identity in the first place and then kind of sticking to what you think of yourself. And so if you're struggling with this, though, with this concept of self-love or this idea of self-love, or you're on a journey and you're like at a low point in your journey, just know that this is common. It's a common human experience. You're not alone. I literally just told you how my own personal journey has gone up and down. And, you know, sometimes past experiences, societal expectations, or harsh self-judgment can create blocks on the path to self-love, which is exactly what I experienced. And so it's important to remember that overcoming these hurdles takes time, it takes practice, and it takes patience and persistence. Like you have to give yourself grace, be kind to yourself, you know, seek help if that's what you need, and um, understand that like it's not going to happen overnight. Like your trauma won't be released or erased overnight. Your thoughts about yourself the way you talk to yourself, things like that may not change overnight. But when you are patient with yourself, you're persistent on this journey and this process, and you give yourself grace, you take time, and you consistently practice. Like all the things that I learned in therapy, I still have to do today. I am no way um, saying I'm like a perfect person on this self-love journey. And I still have moments where I have to kind of dig deep into my toolkit and pull out some of those things that I learned to practice them so that I can like move through the hurdles on this journey. And so engaging in self-compassion practices, seeking support when needed are also really great steps when you encounter um, struggles or hurdles on your own self-love journey. So I encourage you to keep going and really just uncover the things that you need in order to um, get to the high points on your self-love journey. That was a great question. Thank you so much. All right. Question number two, um, also really great, is what's the secret to a happy marriage? (laughs) Now, I actually laughed a little bit at this question like I just did. And not because it's actually funny, but because I could probably write a book about this topic Um, (laughs) yeah. So just for a little background here, my husband and I met in July of 2009. We met at a club in DC. Yes, there is love in the club, at least back in the early 2000s. (laughs) And we, we met 4th of July weekend. It was like a wild weekend. I was, you know, young partying every weekend. He had just moved to the DC area. So he was kind of out living his best life as well. And as a result, we like exchanged numbers at the at the club, but we didn't talk for about two weeks after that night that we met. Then he finally texted me um, and we only talked via text for two weeks. And I'm like, this is so weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, but our first phone conversation after not talking and then texting was hours long and things moved pretty quickly thereafter. So he moved into my house in September of 2008. Did I say we met in 2009? We met in 2008. (laughs) Um, Listen, all the time kind of just runs together. So rewind. We met in 2008, um, 4th of July weekend. He moved into my house in September of 2008. We got engaged in October of 2008, and we got married in August of 2009, okay? That was just the beginning. Kid one was born in April of 2010. 
Kid 2 was born in May of 2012, and Kid 3 was born in December of 2013. So I told you it was fast. (laughs) Things moved very quickly. So that little slow period at the very beginning where we didn't talk for two weeks and then we texted for two weeks was like much needed, like calm before the storm. And so all of this happened in our mid-20s, a time when we barely knew ourselves, like we were just forming and shaping our own identities. And so joining as one and starting a family was rough, (laughs) like no lies there. It was rough on our personal self-identities as well as our relationship together. And the longest relationship prior to us being together that either of us had been in was about four years, but those relationships happened when we were even younger. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, they were relationships, but like they happened like in college or high school. And I just feel like you're not who you are as an adult in those years. And so I don't even know if I would count them as real, but anyway, you know, my, our experiences were our experiences there and they definitely did bring things to the table in our marriage. And so I guess they do count, but (laughs) all that to say, like we were even younger in those longer relationships. And so getting together when we did, we were still pretty young and still kind of just formulating our own selves. And so it was rough. Um, we truly experienced the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm talking everything from creating memories as a couple when we were dating for that brief, like one year period, um, creating memories when we got married, when we um, got married in August of 2009, like two weeks after we got married, we moved to South Korea. I had always wanted to teach out of the country and um, some of my husband's friends were teaching there and they're like, oh yeah, you should come. It's such a great experience. And so we did, we went there. It was a great time. It like fulfilled my dream of teaching out of the country, but also like gave us this extended honeymoon, <laughs> which was really cool. And it was like, you know, we were away from our families. I had already, we'd already been living away from our families as we lived in the DC metro area. But this was like the first time that we had left our families in a really long time for for that amount of time. So that was really great. It created some amazing core memories for us. Um, We have good experiences like taking trips together and taking family trips and vacations. But the bad came because we have experienced infidelity in our marriage. And the ugly came when we decided to think we were fixing our marriage by exploring exploring an open an open marriage which you know looking back was us making decisions to fix something that was a poor decision <laughs> um and then the ugly came also considering divorce and so like i said we have truly experienced the good the bad and the ugly and our marriage has honestly been filled with Uh, ups and downs as well. Like it's been a journey. Um, And honestly, it wasn't until around 2017 that we finally found a marriage um, therapist that we both connected with and that was really helpful. Like we had been to therapy before probably in like, uh, I don't know, like 2015 maybe. Um, But that was not the best fit for us. It just wasn't a good connection with the therapist and really didn't help us very much at all. 
Um, and I had explored therapy on my own um, since probably about 2005. So, you know, weren't new to therapy, but in 2017, we finally found someone who we both connected with. Um, she was amazing, super impartial, but also like helped us kind of work on ourselves individually and gave us strategies and tools to help us as a married couple and as a family. And so, you know, it was at that point that we really just started to kind of lay out all of our issues. Like it was like word vomit (laughs) in those therapy sessions of all the things we had experienced um, over the years of our marriage. And we were really able to make a, a solid plan and a real plan that we could both agree on to begin kind of tackling those issues. And so I will say that during that time, things got very dark and very ugly before they got better, but they did get better. So after about a year or so of therapy um, and that last like round of therapy um, and me really just praying about our marriage and our family and both of us giving each other lots and lots of forgiveness, we began to make some really key changes. And so we were more open with communication. We were open about our triggers, like, you know, when you are with someone for a long time, you know what buttons to push and how to really set them off. And so that was like a thing that we did, which was really not the best way to operate in any relationship, but especially not in a marriage with, you know, small kids. Um, And so we were able to kind of identify those triggers. We also were able to set and communicate boundaries and things that like, hey, we just can't cross these lines. And so all of those things allowed us to like grow together as a couple, but also grow independently of one another because we had to identify like what our communication style was, what our love style was, what triggered us, what do we do to trigger the other person? You know, what role did we play in that? What boundaries did we want to set? And so it was a lot of like growth independently, but again, also as a couple and those things just helped us grow together. And so working on improving our own self-love and self-confidence truly helped us to deepen our relationship. We were able to start being more intentional with each other, especially in the areas of spending quality time together and showing compassion and concern for each other. And I will say that um, our marriage grew even more in 2020. So while the world was on lockdown, our marriage grew to the strongest it had ever been at the time. And I know that for so many couples, 2020 was the year of make it or break it, like gloom or doom. (laughs) Um, And it truly made us. And so my husband was able to be home and to kind of see all that I had been trying to get him to see for so many years in terms of my responsibilities with work and being a parent to our kids. Um, that, you know, was just a lot of stress and going from like being single to dating, to getting married, to having kids so quickly in our relationship, we never really got time to just kind of like be a married couple, you know? And so anybody who's a parent, you know, that small kids are a lot. And I had three of them. We had three kids, four and under. Um, and, and it was just a lot, like no sleep, toddler life. Uh, it was a mess. And so that truly did affect our marriage. It affected like how I was able to show up in for myself, but also to show up in my marriage, show up as a mom, 
Um, and that kind of took a toll on us. And so him being home during the, um, 2020 time was really helpful for him to be able to see like, oh, okay. So like, this is what her life looks like day to day in terms of working full time. And at that time I had started a business. So doing that and then like parenting the kids and stuff. Um, and it kind of just opened his eyes like, man, I'm so sorry. I, I honestly think he, when we had a conversation around that time, he apologized for just not getting it for all those years. And that felt really good. It was like a great breakthrough. But I, on the other hand, was able to actually pause long enough to listen to him and to hear him in terms of how life had been from his perspective, like listen to his concerns and see like where the, where there were holes in our past and um, really just understand like where he was coming from emotionally for all those years and you know prior to 2020 you know obviously like many of us it was just go 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 like get up go to work get the kids to school uh go to work come home get them from school it was just a lot it was literally on go mode even on the weekends it was never time to just kind of pause and granted we like went on dates and took trips and things like that but in the back of my mind, I'm always like, oh my gosh, we got to hurry up and get this date over because we got to go home and pay the babysitter. And we don't want to pay her for like six hours. We want to pay her for four hours. You know, like we calculate it <laughs> in our budget. And so it really just wasn't time to pause and relax and like chill. And honestly, being home during that during that time really gave me time to pause and so that I could listen. We could talk. We had a lot of downtime. And a lot of time to just communicate and really like reconnect and get to know each other. And so it, it was just a great time for us. Now, in a few months, we'll be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary. And, you know, we often look back over our relationship and marriage and recognize that we have truly come a long way. Like even my mom will say like, man, you guys have come such a long way. Um, and I agree. Like we're very grateful and very happy and proud of where we have come from. Now, does that mean we are perfect? No. <laughs> Do we ever have bad moments? Yes. However, those bad moments occur less often than they used to, and that really truly shows us growth. And so I think to answer this question, the secret, quote unquote secret, because it's no secret, um, to, ha to a happy marriage is number one, wanting to be married. And this goes beyond the wedding and the Instagram highlight reel and the idea that's likely been in your head since childhood. It's really truly about the desire to spend the rest of your life with your person for all the right reasons. Now, when we got married at such a young age, like we didn't really, I didn't understand. I don't think he did either. Like what it meant to be married. We knew that we were each other's person and we were just going along with society. Like, okay, you like, get married. We probably could have dated for a little bit longer. Um, you know, whatever, but it is what it is. It's all worked out. <laughs> and I think that, you know, that is the number one thing is just like understanding that you're committing your life to this person, to your person. I think another secret is friendship and that's friendship with each other and friendship with yourself. And so listen to episode 13 on the key to being a good friend to yourself if you're struggling there. But I think also just having friendship as a compass to navigate back to no matter what. Now, whenever we experience the bad and the ugly, 
we literally always had friendship. And, you know, even though we didn't date for a very long time and we got engaged pretty quickly and married pretty quickly, we were friends first. Like the the time that we had before we got married really helped us like solidify a friendship. Like there was no, it took us a while to get to like sexual intimacy when we were, when we first met and we were dating, which was probably not the norm for either one of us back then. And so I think just kind of having that like slow start and that downtime really helped us like formulate a friend foundation first. And we always, no matter what, have that as a compass to navigate us back to like our center and our core. And so I think that's super important. And then most importantly, knowing who you are and being unapologetic in that. So going back to that first question, that I just answered about my self-love journey. Um, My personal self-love journey has been, has been a huge part of helping my marriage evolve. Like it's played a huge role in helping my marriage evolve to the point where it is. I fully believe that when you show up as a whole person in any relationship, whether that's family, friends, business, or romantic, you show up as your best self and you create space for the other person for people to show up as their best self as well. And so this week, I encourage you to, um, as you're done on Sunday Action Step, send me some questions. Like these questions were so good. It really helped me just reflect on my life and some of my personal experiences, which I love sharing with you all. And they don't have to be super deep questions. It literally can be anything. Ask me anything. Um, So head to the show notes, click on the ask me anything link. You can submit your question anonymously, or if you want a shout out on the show, you can let me know that as well. So that's it, y'all. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Done on Sunday. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, leave a rating. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss out on any episodes. If you'd like to be a guest or have any topic ideas, check out the link in the show notes and let us know. While you're there, don't forget to grab any resources mentioned during the show. And lastly, be sure to connect on socials at Done on Sunday. Can't wait to chat with you next week.